Create an Unstoppable Life, episode 141. Create an Unstoppable Life is all about mindset for the high achiever to help you build a life of fulfillment and freedom. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a mindset and marketing coach and a family medicine physician. It's an honor to spend time with you today. Hello and welcome back. We are in the second half of May, 2022. Craziness. And it is quiet in my world, like really quiet post-ACE conference. So far, I've rested a lot of that, cleaned out my office. I've been rethinking habits. (laughs) Some of the ones that aren't serving me well and reevaluating each part of my business, just thinking about the experiences that I want to curate, curate for myself, curate for others, living more. That's the best term I can think of, living more, living more fully, living more deeply, living more passionately, living in a state of, wow, this is incredible. What else is there? (laughs) Having that question, what else is there? Hmm. And Desmond is right here, at least he was. He's not at the moment. He was right here. (laughs) Our 13-year-old dog who is incredibly loyal. My quiet life, it's a peaceful life and a calm life and a nothing needs to change in this moment kind of life. I hear from others often, if I relax, if I accept where I'm at, then I'm not going to have the motivation. Nothing's going to get done. Do you hear that urgency, that pressure? that intensity, that relaxation is the enemy, must work, must grind, must figure it out, must make it happen, must make it perfect. Ooh, that was exhausting. I can honestly say I have plenty of motivation, even after the post-conference fatigue, and plenty of discernment on what receives time and energy. So here's what's essential to know. There's no magic. There's no secret that everyone else knows except you on how to create a peaceful life and there are no shortcuts. Change in life, like the type of change that leads to peace or adds peace to life, it comes from shedding and building. And if I had to pick one of those, what's the most important? Most people would say building. It's actually shedding. Shedding is the most important because we can't hold on to who we are, meaning the hurts, the wounds, the guilt, the shame, the hiding, and expect that our life is going to change. I got to say it again, because it's so important. We can't stay the same and hold on to all the stuff that holds us back and change our life because it puts a lot of effort into recreating the same thing we have. The challenges may have a different name, but they're similar challenges. And we do it over and over and over again to the point that it's exhausting. And we say, why do I even try? I've tried it. I've tried it so many times in so many ways. And it's really amusing to think about right now. Like all the hope. I hope this time will be different. I think this time will be different. And the changes, maybe they lasted a day or two. They didn't stick around. They didn't endure. I couldn't stay the same and expect a change to happen around me. Rather, change has to happen within me. And we talk about it in various ways in each episode. Change has to happen within me. Because I tried, I tried to change everything around me and nothing changed because I was the same person thinking the same way, doing the same things, defaulting to the same emotions and hope wasn't enough. 
It wasn't enough to create lasting change and it wasn't enough to create peace. The real problem, it was within me. So acknowledging that real problem, creating solutions from that real problem, that's where change, sustainable, delightful change comes from. That's when we match up the tools with the problem to create the solution. And that's how we find peace. Not at the destination, not when we've solved the problem, but all along the way. Understanding the problem, lining up the tools, implementing the tools, taking steps, seeing progress all along the way, that's where peace happens. I often think about using the wrong tools. So I've used the tools that I had, right? Because start where you're at, use what you have. (laughs) But it's the wrong tools for the problems I was trying to solve. It's kind of like trying to run 10 miles in golf shoes. Maybe I could take a few steps. Maybe I could go a mile. But at some point, either by force or by choice, I'm going to have to stop. These shoes aren't the right tool for running 10 miles. They don't have the capability to support that distance. They're not engineered for it. So two things happen with this wrong tool applied to the problem I want to solve, which is running 10 miles. First, I'll quit because it hurts or I'm not getting anywhere or I'm not going fast enough. And second, I'll miss out on the beauty of what that tool, meaning those golf shoes can really do, what they're really intended to help with. And that's adding value to the game of golf. When we want to do something different, when we want to do something new, it is essential to clearly understand the goal, the problem, or the reason that we're not at the goal already. So there's a problem, the anticipated obstacles along the way, and the tools that we need for success. That's what creates peace all along the way, not just at the destination. So are you ready? (laughs) I just shared there's no secrets, but there are different ways of thinking and ways of hacking our brain to be more clear about what the problem really is. Be clear about the reason that change is wanted and to help us take ownership of it. Essentially, help us shed. So consider just trying this, trying this hack and seeing what happens for you, seeing if it shifts how you think seeing if it opens up new questions to answer, better questions to answer, questions that actually, when you answer them, they move your life forward. Here it is. Substitute the word I for almost anything else. Substitute I for they, I for everybody. Here's an example. What will they say? (laughs) Instead, what will I say? What will they think? What will I think? Can you see, can you feel what's happening? A shift, shifting to let yourself be the priority, shifting to letting yourself be the focus, shifting to letting yourself be seen and heard by you, shifting to letting your wants be discovered, allowing yourself to try allowing yourself to experience, allowing yourself to feel the beauty of making decisions and feeling all the feelings that come from making decisions, the excitement, the disappointment, the fear, the delight, the joy, feeling all of it, allowing it because 
you've become the focus and the priority and you're seeing yourself and you're hearing yourself and you're trying things. You're developing trust in yourself. Substitute I. Because here's a crazy thought. It's your turn. It's your turn to care about you. It's your turn to listen to you. It's your turn to wonder about what you want and what you like. It's your turn to trust yourself no matter what. No matter what somebody says or what they do, it's your turn to trust you. Where does confidence come from? It comes from trusting yourself and believing in your strength and capability more than you believe that any circumstance or event or person can overcome you. Here's what substituting I can do. Help you recognize the judgment that you have for yourself. The judgment that keeps you the same and doing the same things and saying the same things and sucking from your soul because of the redundancy and the boredom and the, this isn't me, but I know how to get along type of stuff. The judgment that keeps you playing small. You know, we say, what will they think? But really, whatever comes up, like whatever, however we would answer that, it's really just a portal into our own emotions, our own fears, our fear that we're going to be seen a certain way, our fear we're going to be accused of something. She's selfish. That's unkind. That's classless. I'm going to pause for a moment. We had a neighbor back at Fort Hood. She was a lovely woman. And when she wanted to make a strong statement on someone's character, kind of equivalent to somebody cursing at a high volume. She would call them classless. It was the worst insult to her. Like if somebody had ever accused her of being classless, she would have been destroyed because in her mind, in her way of using that term, it was the worst possible thing that a human could be. Classless. So back to our story. When we answer the question of they or everybody, it's really our own fears and our own judgment coming up of being seen as a fraud or an imposter. This one comes a lot with physicians who open their own businesses. Like the anxiousness about charging somebody for the product or service. It opens up the, maybe it is too much. Maybe I should give it away for free. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I should just stick to being a doctor right? So we answer the question with our own fears and we believe it and it strengthens that fear. And notice we did it to ourselves. We started with our own fears and our own judgments and then we use them against ourselves saying, this is exactly what somebody else is going to say or do or be. So it's like we beat ourselves up and then we beat ourselves up for beating ourselves up and oh, it's exhausting. What we think others may say it sounds harmless. What will they say? Sounds harmless. We can tell ourselves we're being considerate of others. But what it's really doing, it's really working to control how others see us. We want to control how they see us, how they judge us. If they like us, we want to control that too. Like we can control it. Big smile. And notice we could spend a lifetime on this, focusing on what would someone say? What would they do? Because we want them to believe certain things about us. If someone walked up to me and they said, your husband is so unkind, I would laugh. Here's my response. 
you clearly didn't meet my husband. You must be speaking about someone else. That's what I'd say. And then I'd walk away. There's nothing about that comment that needs my attention or even gets my attention because there's no truth to it. That's my belief. There's zero truth. There's nothing to fix. Someone can have their opinion. It's not mine. I'm not going to own it and I'm not going to change it. I don't need people to view Craig a certain way or to speak about him a certain way for me to be complete. I'm totally complete. There's nothing to anchor on. So in this example, somebody can say something, but there's nothing to anchor on, which is why I can walk away and laugh and probably tell Craig, hey, check this out. How about when someone says something about us and it touches on our own doubt? We can't tell if it's true. It might be true. Maybe it touches on something that we're really sensitive about, like we really work hard not to be seen as or be labeled as. So if I work really hard not to be seen as selfish and somebody says I'm selfish, ooh, they just touched a sore point, right? It speaks to that. It grabs our attention. Maybe it speaks to our doubt or our fears. It speaks to our worries. Here's a comment. You sound so greedy when you talk about money. All of a sudden, spin cycle. What did I say? How did that happen? Am I greedy? Does it sound like I was bragging or showing off? Am I being too much? I should stay quiet. That's what good people do. (laughs) That comment has a lot of opportunity to open up a whole bunch of emotions, the fears, the doubt, the judgment, the worry, to open up what's already there. So that comment doesn't now plant a seed. That comment opens up what's already there. So when we come up with what everyone might think or what they might say, what we're really coming up with, it's our own stuff. Again, it's our doubts, our fears, our worries, concerns, our judgments, our comparisons. It just opens up our own mind. We're seeing what we think. Because if we didn't think that there was a small possibility, it wouldn't grab our attention. We would walk away and laugh. And the same is true with comments from others. They grab our attention because they feed a thought, a concern, an emotion we already have. Going back to that comment about money, oh, I shouldn't be talking about money. I shouldn't brag. I shouldn't make people feel bad. I shouldn't be getting ahead. (laughs) Smile. These are not things that I believe. So chances are that your culture has told you who to be Also, it's not just me, so that you can be a good person, you can be a good doctor, you can be a good family member. Does this sound like something you've heard of? Be self-sacrificing. Stop thinking of yourself. Be flexible to accommodate others. You should know what they need, what they want. Don't leave anyone out. Be sympathetic. Be so agile you can accommodate any request because that's what a good person does. That's what a good wife does, a good mom does, a good person of faith does. (laughs) Smile. Chances are that the same culture hasn't told you how to be good to yourself or how to think of yourself in a loving way or how to take care of yourself and the importance of taking care of yourself first, not last. And also told you, shown you, demonstrated how to replenish yourself during and after times of exhaustion. I remember being a resident with an infant, beating myself up, driving myself harder to be good, 
be a good doctor, be a good trainee, be a good mom, be a good wife, be a good family support group member, be a good commander's wife. Oh, I was exhausted and depleted. But substituting I works here too. How can I be good to myself? How can I be loving to myself? How can I be kind to myself? How can I show grace to myself, not wait for somebody to give it to me? How can I give to myself at least as much as I give to others? Instead, what will the family support group think? What will Craig's commander think? What will the residency staff think? What will my family think? (laughs) Those are the common questions that come up. And it's not just me, which is why we are talking about substituting I. What am I going to think about this? What am I going to think about this now, in a month, in a year, in 10 years? What am I going to say about this? What am I going to feel about this? How am I going to take care of myself through this? Where am I going to ask or receive help for this? Who am I going to trust besides myself? Who am I going to surround myself with? How am I going to accept or create peace or give myself and others freedom? These are much different questions with a much different outcome, right? Completely different trajectory that it's going to take you on. This trajectory, asking these I questions, help to create stability, the stuff on the inside, create unity on the inside, create core strength. And when we look at core strength, it's got pillars. It's got a faith system. It's got a board of advisors. That's what my friend Dawn calls it. She's teaching me this. A board of advisors to help calibrate who we are. Not how we want to be seen, but who we are. And that core strength has unshakable values that guide the way ahead with honor. Dear friends, I propose that the question, what will others think? What will they say? What will they do? Be kicked out of your realm of awareness so that you can focus on what is happening within you. Just living to be a good person, instead replace it. I'm living to experience the highest version of my life. And you get to define what that is. As you notice what comes up when you think about what others say, own it. This is what I'm worried about. This is what I think about myself. These are some beliefs I didn't realize were there. Name it. Explore what it is. Explore what you think, what you've been told what you've held on to as belief as life is supposed to be this way, except it doesn't fit anymore. And then you can create acceptance for who you are and where you are right now. And acceptance doesn't mean you lay down and it's all over. Acceptance means that you create peace for where you're at right now. And acceptance is what helps you make decisions from a place of strength. Internal stability, living from your core values, dropping the judgment and the shoulds, that's what leads to more peace in your being and your living, but your being, that's what leads to more stable relationships. 
that's what leads to more decisions being made from a place of strength and focus and clarity. And ultimately, that is what leads to fulfillment and freedom, especially in the quiet moments of your life. What do I think? What do I feel? What do I know? What do I want to experience? What am I telling myself? Are these the rules I really want to live by? What do I need? How can I better take care of myself? Lots of I questions that are a lot of fun to explore. Notice there's no exclusion of others. I'm not saying it's either you or them. What I'm saying is start with you. Start with I. Own your experience. And you can invite others in at any point in time, but be clear with you because otherwise we're leading a life that's based on things outside of ourselves. Other people's beliefs, our belief of what other people want rather than what we truly want. And so often we get off track. We're like, I don't even know who I am. This is why. We have been living a life externally focused without being, without calibrating it based on who we really are. And what I offer you is start with I and see where that takes you. Invite in people you trust. And when it comes to they or everybody, consider just ditching that all together because you will know you and you will be able to trust you and you'll be guided based on your internal compass that is solid. And there you go. That is what is available. I am smiling and sending you so much love, friends, and I'll see you next time. Ciao. Create clarity and simplicity with all of your marketing so that the people you serve know how you can help them. As a StoryBrand certified guide, I help physicians create this to launch or grow any type of business. Sign up for a consult call with me at georgemdcoaching.com.